<laughs> All right. Glorious news, folks. Glorious news. Our complaints, our moaning, our anger has finally made John Henry, Tom Warner, Sam Kennedy, and Heimbloom cave in. But you probably already heard it by now. You probably heard it by now. As of Wednesday around 5.45 or 5.45, 4.45 my time, the Red Sox and Raphael Devers have come to an agreement on an extension. 11 years, one or 331 mil. He's going to be a member of the Red Sox for many years to come. Even maybe even the rest of his career, we don't know. I Means, I mean, at this point, I mean, it's finally we got it done. Possibly the best news I have heard as a member of Red Sox Nation this entire offseason. Finally, a move, a big one, and not only a big move, a big move. For one of your own guys, one of your homegrown talents. Glorious news. I feel so happy. I don't even know how to laugh or cry. I don't know. I'm just so happy. If they finally got it done. After almost every speculation, all the news, all the experts saying, you know, Devers isn't coming back. I mean, if they load bold Xander, what do you think they're going to do to Rafi now? Well, we don't have to worry about that anymore. We don't have to worry about that anymore. All right. So earlier in the week on Tuesday, um, it was announced that he did um, avoid arbitration and agree to a uh, one-year deal, which is like basically like the last year of his uh, arbitration uh, or team-controlled-friendly arbitration or something like that. For, so, which would be 2023, which would have earned him, I think, $17.5 million for 2023. Well, it was also, well, here's the thing about that contract. Apparently, it was for 10 years, which, by the way, the Red Sox aren't really big on uh, giving 10-year contracts. As we said before, they're not big on giving 10 years or more contracts. That's probably why maybe Bogarts probably wasn't going to get it. And that was speculation, too. Would Devers get that deal? Because, as I said, they're not big on giving 10-year deals or more. <clears throat> but anyway, so, yeah, as I said, yeah, $17.5 million in 2023. But it was also reported, too, that talks were still going on for maybe a long-term deal. So there was still a little bit of hope, like some ground moving. Well, it looks like apparently now, as I said, they're going to add that year, as in this year for 2023, onto that contract. That that's why I made it, um, 11 year deal and like added on what he would be making in 2023 onto what he'll be making in this contract. So that's kind of how, yeah, that's how you add up the contract. All right, good, glorious news, glorious news, and much needed news because at this point, Red Sox Nation was ready to revolt. Like, I have been hearing people saying, I'm done with the Red Sox. I'm done with the Red Sox. I'm going to go cheer for somebody else now. 
which I can understand their anger, but I, I just can't do that. For someone like me, I I can't do that. I can't just jump ship like that. Well, there are were people that were saying like, why would you do that? Come on now, principles. Man, seriously, just give them money to old John Henry and the ownership group by staying and cheering for this team. I don't like the ownership group either. But at the same time, I'm still going to love this team no matter what. Whoever is running the team, whether it's the Henry, John Henry group or whoever comes after them. It's just, oh my God, I just don't need that shaming. I'm sorry. All right. Anywho. So, you do we want to tell the story of how this contract kind of got started? And kind of how they finally caved in a little bit too? All right. All right. So some of you already know if you're if you're fans of hockey or anything, or at least fans of the Boston Bruins, which is Boston's NHL hockey team. Um, yeah, I think they're even more popular than the Red Sox. I think. Yeah, really. So this Monday, so on January the second, um, the NHL had their uh, annual uh, Winter Classic, and we'll get into a little bit of that too on Final Thoughts too, because a little bit like Red Sox related stuff and stuff like that. Um, some of the Bruins kind of did something, uh, Red Sox related for the event on the actual game day, but yeah, let's talk about how this all ties into the Raphael Devers. So apparently the Bruins played the Pittsburgh Penguins, if you already know by now is owned by the Fenway, uh, sports group, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So that's kind of how they were able to, um, use Fenway park for the actual event and stuff like that. So Going into the score, so the Bruins did end up winning that game in the third period. They came back and scored two goals and won two to one to remain still undefeated in regulation at home because technically that was kind of a home game for them against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Although they could have gone into overtime too, but um, Pittsburgh didn't get the goal off in like the final seconds and they kind of waved it off before the buzzer really. So yeah, the Bruins won. So anywho, um, the so John Henry who never is in Boston that much, finally decided, you know, I'm just going to go, I'm going to show up at Boston for this event and like be at Fenway for this event. Maybe you should have refigured that, uh, John. So apparently he gets to the actual stadium and I think they did make an announcement that John Henry was at the game or at the game. And he's like mingling around in the stands. Immediately news of that broke. The whole stadium, Bruins fans, maybe even Penguins fans who are Red Sox fans, but they decided to cheer for the Penguins in the NHL, started to boo the crap out of John Henry. Like, boo! Boo! (laughs) I don't know if that rattled him or not, but apparently that might have helped. I mean, it kind of helped. A little bit because that kind of like he's probably going to his seat and Chad just going to his phone and getting a hold of Heim and says, "Okay, Heim, add a hundred more mil or hundred more or a hundred million dollars to Rafi's to the offer we have for Rafi." Yeah, he's probably like singing like, "I thought they all loved me." <laughs> I'm about to say, spend more time in Boston, John Henry. You'll probably find out that's the complete opposite. 
at least in the last decade or so. <laughs> That's what I mean. I feel like this guy has really. All right, all right. Anyway, I just messed with something on my phone. Okay, um, so yeah, spend more time in Boston, John Henry, and you'll find out that's not really true. Like, yeah, I was about to say, listen to the radio shows that they sports radio shows. Yeah, I was about to say they're crucifying you right now. <laughs> they were crucifying you this offseason. John, I was that's the thing going back to the Xander Bogart's um um contract discussions that didn't eventually get done. So, yeah. So, while the time um, Bogarts was already getting, uh, agreeing to the deal with San Diego, John Henry and his wife are already in France eating ice cream. And that kind of looked like was really a bad look for the actual organization and the ownership. Because here they should be in Boston right now trying to get Bogarts to resign. And here's John Henry no, and John Warner or any other ownership group nowhere near Boston. And they're just sitting like, oh, oh. Oh, Bogarts doesn't come back. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, let's eat ice cream. It's just it. I feel like this ownership group at the before this all happened was kind of out of touch with what was going on in Boston or how the fans perceived them and stuff like that. Like they're still they're still like amazed that we're still mad about Don Orsell, legendary TV broadcaster, finally leaving and going to San Diego. Like, he actually said, you guys are still mad about that? <laughs> of course we're so mad about that. But anyway, they finally right the ship. And, well, hold on. There is one more other thing that actually did happen that kind of gave them a little bit of backlash um, heading into. Um, because that wasn't, the booing wasn't the only part they kind of kind of got backlash from. So, apparently, um. There was a Bruins fan. Um, hold on. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm saying a lot of them. Yeah, I probably should try to work on that. So his name is Mike, um, local fan. Although he did come from Cal or uh, Colorado, he moved out here um, to moved out here to uh, Boston, and he's trying to. Yeah, it's looking like he's a huge fan of the Red Sox and also the Bruins too. So. Apparently, he was going to go to the Winter Classic game, and he was going to bring a sign into the actual uh, actually Fenway Park that uh, said, Pay Rafi Devers. And a little, like, uh, um, in and small print said, Peace. <laughs> Peace. Well, when he was getting into the actual stadium, like through the gate, the ticket gate and stuff like that, security said, oh, no, you're, you're not bringing that in. And they confiscated his sign. So apparently he eventually got it back and then he took a picture of it and said, Fenway security wouldn't let me bring this sign in or bring the sign in and uh, dot, dot, dot. So apparently this got, he posted this on uh, Twitter and this went or like trended quickly. Like, like ITM podcast, as in used to be the inside of the monster podcast. It used to be on Aussie. That's now on a um, sports illustrated now with Steve Prohl and Joey Capone. Like they were talking about this too. And like, they were even like buddies with this guy too. And said like, yeah, this is, yeah, they're really kind of controlling this kind of thing. Kind of controlling like, yeah. So what would happen if we didn't sign him in spring training and opening day came and we want to bring signs in? 
what would have happened then? And that's what kind of like would have been like a realization of what would happen if like Devers didn't get the deal or the Red Sox and Devers didn't get the deal done and people were bringing signs and like paid Devers and they were getting confiscated. So we were kind of in that realization like, oh my God, they're trying to control, they're trying to control the narrative here. We're trying to control the free speech. Like they're trying to silence our free speech and like our, yeah. It, it was kind of scary a little bit. Well, in a way. But anyway, if the media saw that, and he, they got backlash for that too. Like, ownership, like, really kind of looked bad after that. Like, it kind of made them look like they were kind of, like, controlling free speech. And, oh, here's the thing that's kind of, like, made me a little bad about them too. They threw the security system under the bus and said, well, we didn't really tell them to do that. Oh, they just overreacted. I don't think they did. I feel like, here's the thing. They own Fenway Park. So anything that feels like goes in and goes out is under their control. So I feel like they did have a hand in that. I don't know. Well, anyway, funny story about that. When Devers did get his extension, um, Mike did uh, post the same picture, but like an updated picture of the sign saying paid Devers, please. (laughs) As in, like, as he's already been paid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the sign does not look vulgar. It doesn't say, like, pay Rafi Devers your freaking dopes or, like, effing dopes or something like that. It just doesn't. Yeah, it just says, pay Rafi Devers. Please. Pretty please with the sugar on top. Yeah, it's it wasn't profane or anything. Because I could see, like, if it was profane or something like that, okay, I can see where security would say, yeah, okay, yeah, we need to take the sign away. <laughs> we need to take the sign. Yeah, it. it but yeah, it was just like a clean version to say, hey, just pay Devers, please. I mean, it wasn't profane. It wasn't using vulgar language. It just said, just pay Devers. I mean, that's, I just feel like that's how sensitive this ownership is. Like they're really, they ownership was at the time. They just felt like, we just don't want to hear it. We just don't want to hear it. Well, you're going to have to hear it. Yeah. Well, anyway, so when the news broke of Devers' extension um, and he made – or uh, Mike made this uh, updated uh, sign, I – or our page quote tweeted his tweet in he's, and we said, give this man a medal. I mean, I would say, yeah, I, I feel like that and this and the booing kind of like – I feel like that kind of did kind of wake the ownership up saying, hey – we got to get Devers re-signed. Like, as in, like, we got to do whatever we can. Give him how many years, whatever years he wants, and how much money he wants just to make the man stay. And stuff like that. So, I felt like that kind of um, was kind of a wake-up call for them. Like, hey, if we don't get this done soon, like, look at it. They're, they're already revolting against us, kind of deal. They're chirping us. They're booing us. I mean, they're already, like, we're already like and here's the thing too like we're already being a joke on stuff like MLB Network like even Tom Verducci before the before the extension said yeah kind of count that uh Devers is going to be gone by August like we're already showing up on like some people's uh or some experts list as like kind of the losers of this offseason and I feel like this is kind of a win this is kind of a win for us so back to the sign so apparently after we quote tweeted this he or Mike immediately uh, 
um like the tweet so i or like our uh, tweet so i thought all right yeah awesome i mean yeah for real i mean he kind of got the ball rolling a little bit in a way so very good and good thing too i mean if this would have continued into spring training and even the season this would have been the standard bogart's contract season 2.0 like we would have to deal with this all season I mean, I feel like that. I mean, that's kind of the reason like Bogart's um started kind of falling off at the end too, and like kind of struggled too, because he had to like, am I gonna play, or am I gonna get paid this year, or am I gonna still be playing with the Red Sox? At this point, I mean, this he's kind of thinking this could be the last time I've done I put on a Red Sox uniform, and he was right, it was. So, seeing the Devers extension kind of brought relief to some of us. I felt like, good, we don't have to go through a season like we just did last year with Bogarts. We don't have to go through that now. At least until maybe 2033, 2020, 2024, or 2034, maybe. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe Devers might retire at that point. I don't know. <clears throat> All right. So what I love about this contract, too, as in he's here for a long time and also – which what and also kind of like um disregarding the Bogart's deal that he got in 2019, the extension too, where he did have an opt-out after like a certain year, like after 2022. In this extension, there are no opt-outs. Yeah. And there's also a no or zero tr- no trade clause, which I'm not really sure what that means. I do know what a tr- no trade clause is. It's kind of where like um say if you don't know what this is. So no trade clause kind of means like, so if the team wants to trade you to somebody, they'll go to you first, the player, and say, hey, we're, we're thinking of trading you here. And this is the team. And you can either say, okay, sure, I'll waive my no trade clause. Or say, no, I don't want to go here. Veto it. So that's basically, so I'm not really sure what a zero or what John Heyman says, a no, no trade clause. I don't know what that means. I kind of hope that, what I'm kind of hearing too, it kind of does sound a little good as in like, as in this contract, yeah, there's really, yeah. Although Passon did say the deal isn't officially done yet, that he still has to go for a physical, which I'm not really sure how that's possible since he's been with the club since, like, or at least since, like, uh, 2017. Well, I mean, that was his rookie year. He might have been here longer. I'm not really sure. Um, we should know this. I don't know why we don't know this. But anyway, he's been for the club for a while. They should probably know what his medical stuff is. I mean, have that on record, but I don't know. I don't know. But it's he's kind of saying in the end, he's going to remain in Boston. Yeah, that's what the passing tweet, which he made the report to. Like, he made the tweet. I was kind of thinking, I saw my reaction to seeing that, Uh, because I was yeah doing my custodial work at the time. I was, like, cleaning room or clean rooms and stuff like that. And I looked up at my Apple Watch buzz, which is connected to my phone. I thought, okay, who, who's this? And that's where I saw the Bleacher Report up and said, like, yeah, Devers excre- or Devers and the Red Sox agreed to an extension. I thought, okay, all right. And that kind of brought me joy. I mean, I didn't, I w- I didn't want to sh- like get too excited because yeah, there there were still people in the building, like teachers and stuff like. And so I just thought to myself, okay, let's go. Sound like, yeah, right. Mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) All right. 
And even Poppy said it himself, going to David Ortiz. There's a quote um, that Ortiz um, said. Let's let's go to the other Twitter. All right. All right. Hold on. Take a minute. All right. All right. So Mario or Mario Pembe or Mario Pembe, who's kind of like the Red Sox kind of Spanish or Latin uh, reporter. So he had a quote from David Ortiz about the whole um, Devers signing who, yeah, as we heard before uh, David Ortiz saying Devers is a younger version of him in a way he's Dominican, just like Ortiz. He's fun. And like, he has a great personality. He's friendly and stuff like that. And the guy's a pretty good hitter like Ortiz. All right. So he said signing Rafael. De- so this is from David Ortiz. Signing Rafael Devers is the right thing to do for any organization. He is one of the best hitters in the business, as well as as dis or as discipline and focus on getting results. David Ortiz. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But the tweets in Spanish, so I had to like uh like translate or like because yeah, there is a translator button on uh um the tweet so yeah on in twitter that's so good yeah i like that so much all right <clears throat> anyway all right so yeah as i said and there was kind of some like some people were kind of speculating too as in if devers were to have walked would ortiz even continue even being around the red sox organization anymore i don't know i feel like i feel like a lot of people were kind of blowing that out of proportion kind of like the whole um uh xander bogarts and uh Devers friendship. Um, well, that's what I mean. They were really good friends, but they kind of blow the whole like whole like them and affect and their uh, contracts affecting like either one not re-signing or one signing kind of affected their relationship or something like that. Like, and we even heard it too, like that. Yeah, Bo- Devers was not happy that uh Bogarts didn't end up re-signing here, but he said, "I still want to get a contract done." here with the Red Sox. So yeah, he was upset to a point that his best buddy was gone, but at the same time, he still wants to remain here with the Red Sox. And as I, as we, as we kind of found out, he grew up a Red Sox fan in the Dominican Republic. He got drafted by them as an international free agent and basically went up their farm system. And in 2017 made his debut in Seattle has been with us ever since won a world series with us, maybe even more. Depends on how long this contract, yeah. Some people have, like, I've heard some people, like, trashing this contract and stuff like that. Like, I saw one person, I, I don't know who it was on Twitter, said that, um had, like, posted a comment saying, or posted a tweet saying, like, this will be Rafael Devers after year three of his contract. And it had a picture of Pablo Sandoval, fat and trying to train and spring training. I thought, you asshole. <laughs> I mean, seriously, can we be happy? Like, I know we're upset, still upset about Bogarts, still not resigning. But can we be happy for one thing? I mean, seriously, we got one of them resigned. I mean, chances are they could have not have, re- could have both not resigned here. The fact that we got one of them, at least one of them resigned here or extended, sh- kind of shows that there's still hope in this franchise. Maybe not this year. Maybe this year might not be a world series championship. I did like when I saw the contract, I wasn't thinking, Oh, the world series is back on. (laughs) 
No, I, I still don't believe that. At least to a point, I'm still at the we shall see point. I'm as in we could be either, either be surprisingly good like 2013, or we could pretty much be mediocre or awful. I don't know. Let's just see. But at the Devers extension is kind of a sign of the future or heading into the right direction in the future. It's kind of a sign of saying, hey, we're willing to commit to our long or to our guys long term and keep them around forever. Or at least for the rest of their careers. Yeah. So the next kind of part of business for contract extensions, who else is going to get resigned? Because I, I I'm pretty sure we're probably not going to see another like extension like this ever again. That's the sixth highest contract of any player currently in the MLB right now. And I think I think the biggest one is uh, Mike Trout, I believe. I could be wrong. I think it's Mike Trout. Yeah, it's Mike Trout's contract. I believe it's 14 years. All right. Sorry about this. We should have this ready. All right, here we are. All right. All right, here we are. Longest contract. So this first one is as Mike Trout's contract to the Angels for uh, 12 years. $426.5 million. Next one, Mookie Betts with the Dodgers. 12 years, $365 million. Aaron Judge's contract with the Yankees that he recently just signed this offseason. Nine years, $360 million. Francisco Windor's contract with the Mets. Uh, 10 years, $341 million. Uh. Fernando Tatis Jr. with the San Diego Padres, even though I'm pretty sure I, maybe they might get out of that contract. I'm not sure the Padres, after what all went down this past season with him and the whole bike fan, the whole PED suspension. So anyway, it's 14 years, $340 million, And coming in at number six, recently just, signed, recently just got extended, Rafael Devers with the Red Sox, 11 years, 331. All right. Pretty good. So, yeah. Glorious news. Yeah. And that's what I mean. This is really has been literally the best news I've heard as a Red Sox fan maybe in months. Maybe either since the David Ortiz getting elected in the Hall or getting elected in the Hall of Fame back in uh, January or uh, Trevor Story signing here with the Red Sox. I mean, this is really has been basically the best news I've heard as a Red Sox fan in a while. And I feel happy. And all of you should be happy as Red Sox Nation or as, yeah, Red Sox fans. You should all be happy about this. We're committing to a guy who's pretty good offensively. And, uh, well, defensively, maybe he could still a little bit. But he I feel like he has gotten a little better. But there were times in, earlier in his career where he could not make a play to save his life. Kind of deal. But anyway. And that kind of raises the question, too. How long will we be playing for a base? Some people have been giving it three years. And maybe at some point, they might move in the first base or make him the DH. Like Big Poppy. Huh. It's all coming together. <laughs> like Big Poppy. Yeah, I was about to say, younger version of him. <laughs> yeah. But we don't know. I mean, at this point, 
it's just good. Let's just get the contract. Um, just agree to a contract and be on um, speaking terms at this point. Although the club has yet to officially announce it yet, but they probably will eventually. So, yeah, pretty good. So awesome. Feel happy right now. And before we go to break, because we are kind of running out of time in this uh, recording segment, so we have to go to break and then start a new recording segment. So moving forward with contract extensions for the Red Sox, who do you extend now? Maybe Tristan Casas? Brian Bale, one of our promising starting pitchers? Or maybe our up-and-coming well, still in the minor league system, uh, future franchise shortstop, Marcelo Meyer. Those are questions. Those are questions to ask. We'll find out pretty soon. Maybe. Maybe this year. Yeah, That is kind of the exciting thing about uh, this year. You get to have a full season of Brian Bayo and uh, Tristan Casas. Get to see what they can do in a full season. All right. We'll go to break. All right. We are back. All right. So kind of start wrapping up the news of the week. So it looks apparently, uh, so the Red Sox did announce um, their coaching staff for 2023, which will be under the under the leadership of manager Alex Cora. All right, so this is your coaching staff um, plus manager Alex Cora. All right, so your bench coach slash assist main assistant coach in a way, um, is Ramon Vasquez. We already know that. So that was one like uh, the news. Um, pitching coach, as usual, Dave Bush. Bullpen coach, Kevin Walker. Um, hitting coach, uh, Pete Frazee, or Pete Fozzi, uh, or I should say. Um, assistant hitting coach or interpreter, Luis Ortiz. Assistant hitting coach, Ben Rosenfall. Third base coach and infield instructor, Carlos Fabless, still at the helm. All right. First base coach and outfield instructor, Kyle Hudson. Field coordinator, uh, Andy Fox. And still your game planning coordinator and catching coach, the captain, Jason Veritek. It's the captain. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I mean, I like it. A, a little history with this Kyle Hudson dude, our new first base coach. So, apparently, there's a little history with us with him. But it was like he would he was playing on the opposing team. So apparently back in 2011, he was one of or one of the base runners for that famous like game 162 game we had with the Orioles where he lost in the walk-off and then saw the Rays walk off the Yankees um a few hours later to kind of kick us out of the postseason in 2011. So a little history with this dude. Yeah. Funny. I saw something about that, too. I thought, that is wild. Huh. I was about to say he's going to try to screw us this season. I was about to say, about to say, 12 years later, yeah. We got unfinished business. Yeah, it's about to say he's he's infiltrated our system. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's on, maybe he wants to be here. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we're just pulling that out before she's trying to be funny. <laughs> He's about to say he's a secret. He's a double agent. <laughs> he's trying to take us out from the end. <laughs> he's a Trojan horse. <laughs> uh, man. You got to laugh on these podcasts. You have to laugh. All right. 
So, anyway, we did get some news this week, too, some rumors. So, it looks like the Miami Marlins are kind of actively wanting to trade with us. And they kind of want to give up maybe Miguel Rojas, who is like one of their infielders, shortstop, second baseman, that we could maybe use as a um, second baseman or a shortstop if need be. Either have him play shortstop and still have Trevor Story at second base or vice versa. But then also get starting pitching too, like Edward Cabrera and stuff like that. Well, there is kind of a catch to that, though. They want guys like Tristan Casas, Ryan Bayo, or maybe Marcel Meyer. No, I, I don't think so. No, 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 no. That's basically the future of our team. We're not getting. Yeah, I was about to say, I kind of want to have at least a full season of Tristan Costas before I decide whether or not to trade him or not. And that's the same thing with Brian Bale. And also, too, Marcel Meyer, are we kind of saying that he's going to be our kind of like the next Sander Bogarts, or at least kind of like the future franchise shortstop for the Red Sox? Yeah, but I did see that Alex Beer um, did kind of say, yeah, this is this is not happening. We're not going to do that. I mean, there's, there's no way they're going to part ways with guys like Casas, Bayo, or Meyer. And I did kind of – I did um, listen to a podcast just recently, though, like when – or a, something – or Wednesday night or a Thursday night or so. Um, it's called the SoxProspects.com uh, podcast, which you should, should guys uh, – should uh, – listen to it's basically a podcast that talks about mainly the red sox farm system like the teams in worcester portland greenville and salem and a little bit too of the red sox the actual uh big league club too too and a little bit of their uh some or dominican summer league florida gulf coast teams and just the whole minor league system and they really do a good job too um ian cundle and uh chris hatfield they do the podcast and they do a really good job about it too you should give those guys a try sox products prospects.com so they were talking about last night how a lot of trades not just the red sox but mlb wise aren't getting done because of the same reason they don't want to give up their uh top prospects or even young future players that are already up by now for like big trades like this i think the only trade that really did kind of go down was the sean murphy trade or the three-team trade between the Braves, Brewers, and Oakland A's, that basically results in the main piece of Sean Murphy going to the Atlanta Braves, which, by the way, he did sign an extension with them. So he's gonna, I think he's going to be there for six years. So, yeah. Uncle Tom, nobody's on the A's anymore. Yeah, that's why your ownership doesn't care. <laughs> it's a running joke. My, ne- I, I, my nephew's a who's four is a huge Oakland A's fan because at the time when he was one or so or two or so, I showed him a picture of the Oakland A's mascot, which happens to be an elephant, which he calls Babars. Yeah, Babars, which if you don't know the storybook, Babar, King of the Elephants. Yeah, it's, it's a children's book. It's like way back and yeah. So it's basically Babar, King of the Elephants. That's the main character of the book, who's an elephant. Yeah. And every time he saw an elephant when he was that age, he goes, Babars, Babars, Babars. Yeah, he went to go see Babars at the zoo one time. <laughs> yeah. So so I showed him that, and he said, Babars, Babars, baseball. 
And he's been an A's fan ever since. <laughs> I'm about to say, he's probably not going to like the baseball doesn't exist uh, video that uh, Joey posted just recently. <laughs> So-and-so hit piece on the athletics. <laughs> it kind of shows how cheap the athletics are. Like how like they kind of do not treat their players well, especially minor league players and stuff like that. Their stadium is a joke. It's like 50-something years old and it's really run down and stuff like that. Like I'm surprised that's an actual major league stadium. Like they still have bullpens on the field. They don't have like bullpens like we do, like that are like carved into the actual field that like are protected by fences. Like they are actually on the field and they don't have railing on their dugouts. Their dugouts flood. There was even a time too they had to call a game because the lights stopped working and stuff like that. You know, it's just ugh. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing too, they actually have some critters running around. Um in the stadium like possums cats oh this is a gross thing too i saw on the video too that they talked about they actually found two dead rats in the soda machine ew no i will not have use the soda machine there if ever <laughs> ew <laughs> oh my god how do you uh I feel sorry for that franchise. Seriously, they have like, I think they have like the same number of World Series championships as we do, like nine in franchise history. Well, credit where it's due, they've won a few of those, uh, some of those in Philadelphia or majority of them in Philadelphia when they're the Philadelphia A's. Yeah, the Philadelphia A's, Kansas City A's, and now the Oakland A's. And possibly soon the Las Vegas A's. Because they also talked about that too in, he talked about that too in the movie is, they have an ultimatum to, hey, build us a new stadium or we're going to take our uh, business to Las Vegas because the Las Vegas says, yeah, we'll go join our uh, former uh, um, sports team that used to be in La- or in Oakland but are now in Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Ra- Raiders. Yeah. We'll team up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that this just feels sad about that franchise and stuff like that. Once a glorious franchise – I read the stories, yeah, like guys like Connie Mack and stuff like that. The big-time manager that basically has the most wins in uh, MLB history and Oakland A's, or, uh, well, athletics history and stuff like that. I shouldn't say Oakland A's. Yeah, he managed in Philadelphia. right? I don't know. People act like those championships don't count. It still counts no matter where they play their games at. Come on, people. Anyway, I'm of that opinion, yeah. And they also talked about, too, how the money ball system kind of hurt them, too, in the long run, too. I mean, um, it, on the book uh, that was written, Moneyball, because they also made a movie, too. But they also wrote a book, too, by Michael Lewis. And after he wrote that book and that book got published, he kind of came out and said, yeah, I probably should not have, like, said anything about that. Like, he did say, like, it might have been good if the A's were the only ones who knew about the strategy. But then once other teams like the Red Sox and other teams started finding out about this money ball scheme, then it kind of doesn't work for the A's anymore. And the whole system is where like you basically get rid of your star or get rid of your star players and then get lesser players or minor league players. And then once they get good, get rid of them. I mean, it kind of like is like short term sustain success which 
some years the A's will be, or a few years the A's will be good. Then a few years they'll be bad. And then pattern goes on, like kind of like a rotating pattern, like as a way. Yeah. So yeah, that, like I've actually heard that's not really a, like kind of a good system. As, like contrary to what we've been told. Yeah, so yeah, I was about to say, Fox will not love that video. Yes, yeah, about to say, yeah, well, I mean, it is kind of a, like, age-restricted video. I was about to say, there might be a scene in that video. Um, kind of before, um, so apparently, so last season, they had a streak of, like, nobody coming to their scheme and stuff like that. Heck, even their minor league team was selling out their games more than the Oakland A's. Or like their AAA team was selling out more or more of their games than the actual major league club. So apparently, so that this that stadium was so deserted at one point that video was caught of like two couples kind of getting it on up in the upper deck, and it went viral quickly. And and I know it was kind of gross and a little bit, but it kind of shows how they're kind of. Struggling. So anyway, going back to that, or finishing off with that. Um, so security kind of chased them out. They weren't able to catch them. I don't think law enforcement were able to catch them too. And their fans kind of trolled them too. I mean, it was just, but it just kind of shows how they were struggling. Like a baseball game is that boring that, yeah, that was going on. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to get a little racy there, but uh, a little, yeah, a little, um, um, hello, yeah, uh, R rated there, but it, it just happened. I mean, that was kind of a big thing for the A's, or kind of a big kind of story, like off field story at the time for the A's, and it kind of just shows how they were kind of struggling. Yeah, anyway, yeah, I probably shouldn't have told you that, but eh, anyway, it just, it just was a f- about apparently. So, the Joe, this Joey. That makes this video is also on a uh, baseball's dead podcast was uh Jared Carabas and uh, Dallas Baden. It's their new podcast they're doing on a uh, uh, DraftKings. So he basically like they told the news that he basically made this video and Dallas Braden, who's a huge A's fan and A's broadcaster, was not happy about this video being made. What <laughs> to say? Yeah, <laughs> he was not happy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, not a lot of news to report. Just excited that Devers is back with the Red Sox, or at least back with the Red Sox long-term for many years to come. Maybe he'll finish out his career with the Red Sox. You don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully so. That that contract will take him up to his, like, 36 age year. So, like, when he's 36, that's basically when that contract will run up. So, when I turn 41, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know what we don't even know what the world's going to be like in uh, eleven years or so. So yeah, I mean at this point, I just I'm, I'm just happy, and we should all be happy right now that it finally got done, and we don't have to go into 2023 with the fear of is this another season like last year or a contract extension 2.0 kind of deal. It's taken care of for the most part. And it looks like Raphael Devers will be here for the foreseeable future. All right. Excellent. All right.
All right, so we'll wrap up the show. Um, so, yeah. We'll wrap up the show with... Uh, we'll also do final thoughts, too, so we might go a little over. I mean, at this point, I mean, might as well go a little bit over. I mean, why not? This is a happy episode. The happiest I've been in a while, kind of deal. Yeah. I've, I haven't really had a good 2022 mentally and emotionally i've I've been doubting a lot of things and stuff like that and just i'm just glad that this is kind of like the best news so far at least for 2023 i've heard so far red Sox or anything i've i've really felt happy for a very long time i haven't felt happy for a very long time at least for lat or at least mostly of last year kind of deal and this is i feel like this is the best news i've heard so far, except for maybe one bit of news, family-related lives, but I won't go, I won't talk about it yet until I get clearance for family members. Yeah, but it's it is pretty good news, in a way. Yeah. All right. What was it? Oh yes, our Hall of Fame, uh, ballot segment. Yeah, I just blanked there. I don't know why. It's the Asperger syndrome. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, this is seven hours ago. Oh, Bill Campbell died. Oh. Yeah, Bill Campbell was a member of the one like the 1970s Red Sox. 1977, 74. RP Bill Campbell. Yeah. But that was like seven hours ago. I don't know why we didn't see that. But yeah, P.D. Abraham, which is Jerry Carapace's favorite buddy. <laughs> Say, yeah, him and Carabas are not in good terms. Yeah, I'm about to say. Yeah. All right. All right, I'm going down. Hold on. We're getting there. All right. So while we talk, I'm in a, I've watched a few vi- or watched a few movies. As I said, I watched Die Hard on um Christmas uh day and the day after Christmas, or in some cultures like Canada, the UK, and Ireland, stuff like that. Boxing Day, or what the tw- the day after Christmas in a way. So, um, so I watched that, and New Year's Eve, I have a tradition of watching a certain movie, um, called The Departed. Yeah, I've I've been doing that tradition since like New Year's Eve, twenty sixteen. Um, so yeah, that's when I got I got. The Departed as a Christmas gift, as a DVD for my sister. And she told me, like, yeah, wait to watch until so-and-so. So I waited until, like, New Year's Eve, popped it on, and I thought, finally, this is the best movie ever, Kanye. But I can kind of see while some people might think, okay, this might not be that great of a movie. But to my opinion, I feel like it is a great movie. And I feel like maybe the greatest of all time. That's my opinion. Yeah, anybody wants to argue that opinion, Oh, screw you. <laughs> yeah, it's my opinion, and that's all, all that matters. All right. All right. Did we... Hold on. Uh, hold on. We're trying to see where we left off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're... I know where we're at. Okay. All right. I got confused there. I fought. All right. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So, we'll talk a little bit about The Departed later, um, maybe on Final Thoughts in a way, too. Kind of like how I felt about it and like maybe a little bit of the story behind it, too. But first, 
Let's get into the Hall of Fame ballots. All right. For what happened since um, for last Friday or so. All right. So number 92 is anonymous, and he voted for 10 people, or this person voted for 10 people because we don't know. This person's anonymous. All right. Bobby Abreu, Carlos, or Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, um, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner, who used to play for the Red Sox, also Manny Ramirez. I'm kind of getting a hunch this this anonymous vote might actually be Dan Shaughnessy's vote. This, by the way, has anybody heard from Dan Shaughnessy yet? Yeah, I was about to say, he kind of went MIA since uh, the Devers news broke. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, I was about to say, they're already making uh, milk, missing milk carton uh, pictures and missing signs. Like, have you seen this man? <laughs> He's missing. Let's <laughs> say he kind of went MIA on Twitter. <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to say, <laughs> funny. I was about to say, is this the anonymous? <laughs> I was about to say, well, he voted for more people. He didn't vote for Jeff Kent this time. I was about to say. <laughs> All right. All right. Don or Don Amor. Um, so he voted for uh, not eight people. And these eight people were Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Andy Pettit, Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner, who gained a vote from him. All right. And then Joe Lemire, I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. He had five people. And these five people were Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. And then Enrique Rojas, he had six people. And these six people were Bobby Abreu, Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Scott Rowland, and Billy Wagner. Oh, yeah, and Todd Helton. Yeah, I forgot to mention he gained a vote. All right. I forgot to say something about that. All right. Yeah. Man, Beltron's kind of getting some votes. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he's not in the 75% or above. Yeah. All right. So one of our own Boston writers, Sean McAdams, or Sean McAdam. So his vote... Was so he had three people, and these three were Carlos Beltran, Andrew Jones, and Billy Wagner. He had one Red Sox player. Well, in a way, like he was here for like one season or so. Yeah, man, he didn't vote for Manny, huh? Yeah, yeah, come on. Of Boston Sports Journal, yeah, I should say that. Yeah, Sean McAdam of Boston Sports Journal. All right, then Matt or Matt Calkins. He had, and first-time voter, too, so he had two people, and these two were Andrew Jones and Scott Rowland. At least he voted for someone. There there are some ballots that don't even have anybody on or any votes, Yeah, which is dumb. Yeah, vote. Yeah, I don't care if they pissed you off. Just vote. <laughs> All right. Rocha or Kubato, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He had four votes, and these four were... Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Scott Rowland, and Billy Wagner. I hope I'm pronouncing these names right. And if I'm not, sorry about that. I do apologize. All right. All right. And then uh, Anonymous. So this is another Anonymous one. And this person had nine. These nine were Bobby Abreu, Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Manny Ramirez, 
Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. All right, and then Scott Liber or Labor, he had five people, and these five faithful were Carlos Beltran, Todd Heldon, who gained a vote, Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. All right. All right, and then uh, Joseph Leo, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, he had 10 people, Carlos Beltran, Todd Heldon, Andrew Jones, who gained a vote from him, Jeff Kent, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, who gained a vote from him also, Nomar Vizquel, who gained a vote from him also, and then Billy Wagner. All right, and then David Borgas. He had two people, and these two were Manny Ramirez and Alex Rodriguez. All right. He did vote for Ortiz last year. All right, good. At least for that. Yeah, help him get in in the first year. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, David. <laughs> All right. And then Rob Matt or Maddie Made. I can't pronounce it. I think it's Maddie or something like that. Uh, yeah. I wish there was like a pronunciation so we can know about this. All right. He had 10 people, and these 10 were Carlos Beltran, Todd Heldon, who gained a vote. Andrew Jones, who gained a vote. Jeff Kent, who gained a vote. Manny Ramirez, who gained a vote. Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, Jimmy Rollins, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. All right, and then Dave Reynolds. He had six people. Um, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, um, Andy Pettit, Scott Rowland, and Billy Wagner, and then no more Vasquez lost a vote from him, and Billy Wagner gained a vote. Yeah, sorry, we forgot to mention that. All right. All right, Arnie Stapleton. He had five people, and these five were Todd Helton, Jeff Kent, Scott Rowland, no more Vasquez, and Billy Wagner, and then Andrew Jones lost a vote from him. All right, all right. Bruce Jennings. He had four people. And these four were um, Jeff Ken- Jeff Kench, who gained a vote, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, and Nomar Vizquel. All right. All right, and then uh, Christina Crawl of the San Francisco Chronicle. She had um, 10 people, and these 10 were Carlos Beltran, Mark Burley, who gained a vote, Todd Helton, Jeff Kench, who gained a vote, Andy Pettit, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, Jimmy Rollins, and Gary Sheffield. All right, Anne Killian. She had five people. All right, and these five were Killian. That's a nice Irish name. Awesome. All right, yeah, Anne. Yeah. All right. All right. Anywho. All right. Um, she had five people, and these five were Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Scott Rowland, Jimmy Rollins, and then uh, Billy Wagner. Yeah, Scott Rollins kind of gained some votes. Yeah. All right, and then Ron Krojcik. 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 I think I'm pronouncing that right. I think that I think that's right. All right, so he had three people, and these three were Carlos Beltran, Andre Jones, and Jeff Kent, and then no more of a skill loss of vote from him. All right. 
And then Steve Croner, he had six people, and these faithful six were Mark Burley, who gained a vote, Andrew Jones, who gained a vote, Jeff Kent, uh, Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, and Billy Wagner. Then uh, Scott Osler, he had 10 people. All right, so we got three minutes, so maybe this might be the last one, then we'll go to break. All right, so he had 10 people, and these 10 were Todd Heldon, who gained a vote, Andrew Jones, who gained a vote, Jeff Kent, Andy Pettit, who gained a vote, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, who gained a vote, or Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner, and then Francisco Rodriguez, and then Jimmy Rollins lost a vote. All right, Henry Shulman. Oh wait, oh yeah, that's right. All right, we yeah we did say yeah. Go to break. All right, we'll go to break and then wrap or start wrapping up the Hall of Fame, um, balloting, uh, segment and then yeah, like do final thoughts. All right, we are back to wrap up the Hall of Fame ballot segment, and we also did forgot to talk about a little bit of news before final thoughts. Some other news, yeah, I forgot to mention that. All right, so. All right, so to continue, so Henry Shulman, he had nine votes, and these nine were Carlos Beltran, uh, Todd Heldon, who gained a vote, Tory Hunter, who got a vote. Yeah, finally got a vote. All right, um, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, um, Alex, for, or Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. All right. And then uh, John Shea, he uh, had six people. Um, these were Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Scott Rowland, who gained a vote. Yeah, and Andrew Jones gained a vote too. Jimmy Rollins and Gary Sheffield. All right, and then Susan Solter, or Solster, she had 10 people, and these 10 were... Carlos Beltran, Mark Burley had a who gained a vote. Um, Todd Helton, Andre Jones, Jeff Kent, who also gained a vote from her. Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. All right, and then Ben Ritter, he had ten people, and these ten were Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, who gained a vote from him, Andrew Jones. Jeff Kent, who also gained his vote. Um, Andy Pettit, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, who also gained Ben's vote. Uh, Gary Sheffield and Billy Wagner. All right. Ryan Fagan, he had six people. Bobby Abreu, Scott Ro- or uh, Carlos Beltran, um, Mark Burley, Manny Ramirez, Scott Rowland, so I kind of predicted it, and then uh, Gary Sheffield. And then Brendan Prunty, 10 people he had on his ballot. These 10 were Carlos Beltran, uh, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, who gained a vote, Jeff Kent, Andy Pettit, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner, who gained his vote. All right. And then one of our own WEIs. Rob Bradford, he had eight people on his ballot, and these faithful eight were Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, who gained his vote, Manny Ramirez, good, he voted for a Red Sox, right away, right away, Rob, 
All right. And then um, Alex Rodriguez, Sky Rowland, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. Attaway. Rob Bradford of WEI. All right. All right. And then uh, Kevin Mondesi, he had five people, and these five were Todd Helton, who gained a vote from him, uh, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Gary Sheffield, and Nomar Vizquel. Or Omar Vizquel, yeah, I should say Omar Vizquel. Not Nomar. Yeah. All right. Pedro Mora, first-time voter. And his four were, which he voted for four, I should say that, Todd Helton, Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. All right. And hold on, we got a few more. Peter Schnuck, or Peter, or I can't read. Peter Schnuck, he had seven people. These seven were Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kens, Francisco Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. All right. All right, and then Ken Rosenfall. Famous uh, sideline reporter for Fox and basically one of the main newsbreakers for MLB, like trades and free agent signings. So he had six people, and these faithful six were Todd Helton, Scott, or uh, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. My dad hates uh, Ken Rosenfall for some reason. I don't think he likes the ties he had. <laughs> yeah, some of them are kind of dumb. I don't know. All right, and then uh, Jack Curry, or Jack Curry. Yeah, Jack Curry, come on. Oh, my Lord. What's going on here? Oh, here we are. All right. All right, so it's it's small enough. It's not letting me see the ballot. But anyway, it's – all right. So he had seven people, um, Jack Curry, and these seven were uh, Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, who gained his vote, and then uh, Billy Wagner. All right, so it was uh, a, or uh, yeah, it was like large enough to kind of see. All right, and then anonymous voter. So this anonymous person had eight people on, uh, the on this ballot, and this person's eight were Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Scott Rowland, Jimmy Rollins, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. All right. And I think, oh, man, we got a few more. Man. All right. Joel Hackinson, 10 people for him. And these 10 were Bobby Abreu, who gained his vote. Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, Tory Hunter. All right, he's gained some votes. Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, uh, Francisco Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, Jimmy Rollins, and Omar Vizquel. And then Billy Wagner lost his vote from him. All right. Why do you do the piss? I'm off. <laughs> All right, and then Rich uh, don't or uh, Doom or Dubroff, Rich Dubroff, I think so. I think, yeah. So he's a first time voter, and his five were um, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. All right. All right, and then Ro- or Roger Rubin, he had five people, and these five were. Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, who had a who gained a vote from him, Scott Rowland, who gained a vote from him, Gary Sheffield, who gained a vote from him, and Billy Wagner, who gained a vote from him. And he, so he just added four more people to his ballot. <laughs> I was about to say, might have been like blank at the beginning of the year. What an idiot! <laughs> All right, 
And I believe we have one more. And this is from Gary D. Howard for the week. All right, so he had seven. And these seven were Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, who gained his vote, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Gary Sheffield, Omar Vizquel, and Billy Wagner, who gained his vote from him. So, after all that is said and done, man, we gotta go down. All right. This might take a minute. All right, so maybe going back to The Departed. All right, so it's basically a um, cop drama movie that happens in Boston in present day, which is today's, uh, or which at that time when that movie was made, like 2006 or so. So it's basically, you know, some of you know the legend or basically kind of like the notorious history of Boston's main Irish mobster that happened or was around in the 1970s through 1990s, Whitey Bulger. So apparently this movie is, or the mobster in this movie is based off him, Frank Costello, who's played by Jack Nicholson. All right. So he talks, so it's like, it starts out in the 1980s. He meets this uh, young boy, um, Colin Solomon, who in the present day in 2006 is played by Matt Damon. Yeah. So basically he basically takes him under his wing and stuff like that. Basically like buy some food, buy some stuff. Kind of just kind of like trains him and mentors him and stuff. And once he gets to a older age, he has him join the cat police Academy. He gets him through police training school and stuff like that. Gets him able to, and gets him through like the Boston uh, or special investigation, like training and stuff like to the point where, he is now a Boston police detective and stuff like that. So he's working for SI or SIU, which is like special investigation. So the re- so you wonder why he's doing this. So he's kind of having Solvin as kind of like his mole or his rat. So kind of like a spy in the police investigation or like the actual police department. So what he would do, like he would like give like custodial information, stuff like that, like say, yeah, hey, some. There's probably going to be a race night on your uh, hideout and stuff like that. You might want to try to, like, get out of there. It's like, kind of, like, give them a tip off or a heads up to the point where Costello is, like, a step ahead of the actual police and stuff like that. Which kind of did happen in, with Whitey Bulger and police detective uh, Connolly, who was an FBI agent at the time. But we'll get into that in a little bit, too. So, go to another guy, um... Bill or Bill Koskin or Billy Koskin, who is trying to become a cop, but like his family history and stuff like that, like makes the police big. Are you really trying to be a cop or are you just trying to be, ten, be a cop? Because we're looking at your family history and it kind of does not look good. Like a lot of your family members, like uncles and your father were kind of involved in crime and stuff like that. So they kind of gave him this um, kind of – or kind of job, or kind of like a kind of like deal, like say, hey, we're gonna make so we're gonna have you kind of go as an insider or infiltrate Costello's ring and stuff like that. So how we're gonna do this? We're gonna kick you out of the police academy and basically like the police force and convict you of a crime, probably assault and battery and stuff like that, it's like some bogus crime or something like that. You'll get out of jail in a few months or so, or something like that, or in few time or in time or so uh and when you get out we won't have or we'll we'll kind of like 
somewhat kind of like a, I'm trying to blank here. So we'll, when you get out, we'll have no record of you. So we won't even, we'll, we'll pretend that you weren't even a cop here at, or even a cop at the time. And like, you'll, or you'll basically get in the crime and stuff like that. And like, try to like get the attention of like Costello's um, heads and stuff like that. Like, head their crew and like they'll offer you hey do you want to be a part of our crew and that's how they would try to infiltrate them and like though Koskin would be the police spy like kind of like their rat and stuff like that like kind of give information about Costello and feed it back to them so they could build a case to take him down so little did they know so going into the movie they find out that Costello is actually an FBI informant and it kind of says why does he not get busted or like why is uh, there had been a case, but nothing ever gets done. And they find out because he's an FBI informant, which kind of ties in a little bit with uh, Whitey Bulger because they made him an FBI informant back in the day to make it sound like, or to kind of kind of like have him like being an informant to kind of take down the Italian mafia in uh, Boston at the time. But at the same time, kind of kind of turning a blind eye to what criminal activity he's doing and the stuff like that. And that kind of really hurt the FBI in Boston at the time because they, they were kind of letting the stuff get away and like, but saying, Hey, we're trying to take down a crime crime Lord in Boston too, but kind of turning a blind eye to Costello or to Bulger and stuff like that. So anyway, so they, in the end, I won't give away the ending. You should, you should probably watch it if you haven't seen it now, but it's kind of like, um, not a great ending. I pretty, I'll probably spoil it. Pretty much everybody dies except for you. Yeah. So it's, yeah, as, as I said, so Bill Koskin, as I should have mentioned this too, is played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a Martin Go- or Martin Scorsese film. It's a really good film and stuff like that. And Mark Wahlberg's in the two. He's a uh, detective Dingham. Yeah. And even Al Baldwin's in it too. That's weird too. Yeah. Al Baldwin's in that, Al Baldwin's in that movie. So many good lines in that movie too. Yeah. But a few of them, like, I will say this too, that movie has the most curse words dropped in that movie. Like, it's kind of a little uncomfortable sometimes just watching it, just, ugh. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of bad at it too, cursing a little bit too, but at the same time, it's like a curse word every minute. I couldn't do that. I really couldn't do that. Like, it's kind of like one of those, like, top movies with the most foul language said in that movie. But it's a really good movie too. It's a really good, it really gets to you. And oh yeah, my favorite song ever, Shipping Up the Boston. They play that movie by the Dropkick Murphys. They play that movie a few times in that sh- um sh- in that movie. Yeah. Play that song. Yeah, my favorite song ever. Used to be Jonathan Papafon's wa- or entrance music when he was a closer with the Red Sox. And also our ninth inning song, whether we're down so many runs or so, or tied going in the or tie going in the bottom of the ninth inning. That's what they'll play at the start of the bottom of the ninth. Rally time. Yeah. Really good song. It is. I don't care who says it. All right. So, yeah, it's a really good movie. I mean, pretty good. They kind of do make Frank Costello's character kind of a little too comical. Ex- Whitey Bulger was not that comical. It's like it, he was a really twisted dude, like reading about the dude and hearing about the dude. Like it. It looked like you were kind of like he was like really looking into and kind of like stealing your soul, kind of like he looked like you were looking at. Yeah, 
he was a really twisted psychotic dude, Whitey Bulger, the actual Whitey Bulger. So yeah, they kind of made um Frank Costello look too comical in that movie. So yeah. Also, a funny thing I learned on um on uh the rewatchables was just like um the ringers kind of like a movie watch or rewatch movie show that's on the ringer that Ben Simmons and whoever does it. So they did their they did the departed, and I found this little nice story about it too about Jack Nicholson in the movie. So apparently he made a rule in that movie that nobody was allowed to wear a Red Sox cap. I mean for Celtics fans too, like they were not allowed to wear any Celtics gear in that movie. So you don't see anybody with a Celtics any Celtics gear, Celtics hats, Celtics jerseys, anything in that movie. Because you know why? Because Jack Nicholson is a huge Lakers fan. <laughs> really yuck it's like being a yankee fan yuck all right all right anyway we're going way off track here all right anyway um we should have just saved that for final thoughts i don't know why we just didn't do that all right here's the tracker sorry about that sorry we just went down a huge rabbit hole i'm sorry about that all right Okay, um, so here we are. So leading the pack right now with 81.3% of the vote is Scott Rowland with 78.9% of the vote, Todd Helton with 71.1% of the vote, Billy Wagner with 69.5% of the vote, Andrew Jones with 68% of the vote, Gary Sheffield with 56.3% of the vote, Carlos Beltran, pretty interesting for a first-time voter. I mean, I mean, Ortiz got in first year, so I mean, but I, I feel like Beltran might not get in this year. I don't know. All right, keep rolling. All right, with forty for with forty nine point two percent of the vote, Jeff Kent. Um, with forty five point three percent of the vote, Alex Rodriguez. Forty three percent of the vote, Manny Ramirez. Uh, twenty or twenty point three percent of the vote, Bobby Abreu. Eighteen point eight percent of the vote. Andy Pettit, 12.5% of the vote. Jimmy Rollins, 11.7% of the vote. Mark Burley, 10.2% of the vote. Omar Vizquel, 7.8% of the vote. Francisco Rodriguez, 1.6% of the vote. Tory Hunter, and then with 0% of the vote, here we go. Jason Worth, the Chatham, Illinois native. Um, Jared Weaver, J.J. Hardy, Andrew Ethier, Bronson Arroyo, Hudson Street, Johnny Peralta, Mike Napoli, John Lackey, Jacoby Ellsbury, R.A. Dickey, and Matt Cain. So it's looking like now at this point, at least with the baseball writers um, ballot with 119 um, public ballots released, anonymous ones, or nine anonymous ones, and with 32.5% of the vote right now still in counting, it's kind of looking like now the voting were to end today. It's looking like Scott Rowland and Todd Helton would get in on the baseball writers ballot. So, which isn't bad. I mean, somebody's getting in. I would have loved to have seen some Red Sox getting in because the only one that looks even close to getting in is Billy Wagner. Yeah, Manny's not that far, and then yeah, and then uh, yeah, as I said, uh, Bronson Arroyo. Mike Napney, John Lackey, and Jacoby Ellis Miller are not getting any votes whatsoever. Poor guys. Nah, and this maybe could be their only time on the ballot. I don't know. I 
I've seen a few people that are still have like been taken off the bow for some reason. I don't know what. Yeah. So projecting it now, it's well, we still got a count on the private ballots too, and they, yeah, they might kind of shrink some of that percentage down for Scott Rowland and uh, Todd Helton. But it's kind of looking like now your class of 2023 will probably be Fred McGriff, Scott Rowland, and Todd Helton. Well, at least somebody's getting in. I mean, seriously, a Hall a Hall of Fame class with nobody getting in, that cannot happen. I don't care. Get somebody in because we are not having a year with no Hall of Fame induction ceremony. No. I, we will revolt if that happens. <laughs> or we shall all revolt if that happens. Yeah. All right. That is kind of the end of the show. All right. At least for this week. I love this new mic. This is the this is the greatest. This is a great gift. Thank you, Dad, for this Christmas gift. Yeah, it really makes the sound quality better, especially at the beginning of the episode where it kind of sounds like we're kind of talking in a hall or something like that, or so, like the sound quality is really bad. But with this, I mean, it sounds really better. I like it. I like it. Thank you, Dad, for this nice Christmas gift. All right. Anyway, all right. So final thoughts. So we forgot to talk. Oh. News-wise, we forgot to talk about this too. So, officially today, it looks like, or officially today, the Red Sox have officially announced the signing of Justin Turner to his one-year deal and then a player option in 2024. All right, so he is officially a member of the Boston Red Sox and will officially be on the roster. Yeah, except the roster on my phone, or at least the MLB app, is just way off there are some people on there are no longer on the roster what are we doing fix the app <laughs> all right so the corresponding move or the move to make room for turner on the roster slash who we're going to dfa or slash release will be relief pitcher uh Donaldson hernandez so he has been released slash he will probably no longer be a member of the red sox at least for now and it looks like Justin Turner, his number will be kind of sad to say this, folks, but it's looking like it's going to be number two. Yeah. That kind of does pay me a little bit too. I mean, I do like, I'm, I am, I am kind of excited for Justin Turner, but still number two. <sighs> too soon. Too soon. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, you, where have you been for like a month or so? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish you were here, Bogey. I wish you were here. I wish we could have kept both of them. Well, at least we got one of them taken care of. At least one of them. And Rafi Devers. Yeah. But other news too. I did see some rumors like last night from Carlos Bayarga, who also kind of a little bit kind of like hinted the Devers extension because him and Devers are close, former big leaguer, Carlos Bayarga, and also he's a buddy of uh, Alcoras too. So he kind of hinted or kind of broke the news last night that the Red Sox are kind of getting close to a deal with um, DH last first baseman, who used to be of the Houston Astros, uh, Yuri Gurriel, brother of Loris Gurriel Jr., yeah, who played for the Toronto Blues. I think he used to play for the Toronto Blues. I think he's with the Diamondbacks. Now he was in that uh Dalton or Far Shall trade, I think. So yeah. I think the move would make sense, but 
I mean, I, I wouldn't mind having Gurriel on the team. I mean, in the way, I mean, it's kind of a death piece move. But it would only make sense if we're getting rid of someone like maybe Bobby Dawback in a way, which either he's going to, he's probably on his, if this trade or deal is kind of true and is getting close to happening, which it kind of looks like now, I mean, maybe it's not really happening at this point. But if it were, if it were to have happened or still is happening, probably Bobby Dawback is on his way out because, yeah, that's kind of like the replacement for Bobby Dawback in a way. Have that like death piece, uh, DH first baseman, and have him play on days where maybe get Koss as a break or maybe Turner a break, maybe have him play DH or something like that. Like, that's what I mean. This is why I kind of like the Turner and maybe Gurriel, if it does happen, deal is like they're DHs, but you can also play them around the field. Like, you can play Turner at third base to give Devers a day off, to give him off his feet and maybe, or have him play DH at one point, or have Turner play first base and give Koss a day off. Like, same thing with um, Guriel, if it does happen. But I think at this point, kind of like that news kind of died down quickly, and it's kind of looked like, yeah. Yeah. A deal that I'm kind of thinking a lot of us are kind of thinking and maybe hopefully might happen in a way, it's kind of looked like Carlos Beltran's deal might not get done with the Mets. As in, they're kind of getting frustrated at this point and kind of willing to part ways at this point. Now knowing that he, they're not liking what the physical is on him too. And it's looking like another team might get involved. Red Sox? I mean, a three-year, something like $100 million deal with a one-year opt-out? Why not? Let's let's try it. I mean, I think that's kind of the reason why the physical is kind of being discussed a lot because they are giving a lot of years and a lot of money to Carlos Correa. And I feel like at this point, you might just have to take a lower deal and maybe lesser money just to kind of play for somebody. I think at this point, I mean, I mean, Heim, we kind of do need a starting shortstop. And I do know, I know he's not that great of a person. He's kind of an asshole. And like, we kind of do have a little bit of a history, the Red Sox and us with him. So, and a lot, yeah, even the daughter said they don't even want him now <laughs> because of his character. Yeah. But at this point, let's try. I don't know. I mean, at this point, I mean, it probably won't even go down. I don't know if he will probably even play in the MLB. We don't know. <sighs> I did see someone did get reinstated suspension-wise. Um, Remember old Trevor Bauer? Yeah, so... So he got a 194-game suspension because of sexual assault or domestic violence and stuff like that just recently. But it kind of, or um, but his suspension got uh, reinstated. But today it was announced that the Dodgers are releasing him from his contract after the whole PR s- stuff with that. And a lot of guys on the Dodgers saying, yeah, we don't want him back and stuff like that. Would he consider signing with the Red Sox? Mm, uh, I, 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 I mean, I will. The the pro of that is you are getting a pretty good pitcher in Trevor Bauer, and we kind of do need pretty good starting pitcher. The con of that would be you would be getting a not too great personality and 
possibly a PR nightmare kind of deal. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, we don't need any more of that. <laughs> Ugh. Um, yeah. I don't know. He might not be that good of a pitcher. We actually found out he actually, like, might have been cheating, too, with the whole spider tag and stuff like that. Like, he accused Garrett Cole, and him and Garrett Cole were teammates at UCLA, and, like, they hated each other. Like, Garrett Cole said, like, he'll never make it in the big leagues and stuff like that. And, like, Trevor Bauer just basically came after him when the whole spider tag stuff kind of went viral and, like, went ballistic back in uh, 2021. That's someone. Yeah, Garrett Cole, that's someone who's not happy that Devers is going to be around for 11 more years. Pizzakes. Gee whiz. (laughs) I'm going to face him for 11 more years. It takes me deep. <laughs> deep as in home runs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you're wondering that. Yeah. Get your mind on the go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We might have to do another segment for Final Thoughts. We kind of went a little too over with the extra news. Yeah, all right. All right, so we'll go to break and then wrap it up with final thoughts. All right, here we go. Finally with final thoughts. We are back to with, all right. Okay, so um, I forgot to mention this last week too. So apparently news broke out that um, I think last week or a couple weeks or so that in Manchester Man- or um, New Hampshire, there was a woman that was in like this homeless uh, camp or something like that, or something shelter or something like that. Left her baby out in the cold, like in the really freezing cold. Like at, that was in the time of the, or time the week where like it was like some parts of the country were like negative below and stuff like that. So he she left this baby out in the cold, and this baby ended up, I think, dying. I think I don't know either that or like or something like. That. But how that ties into the Red Sox in way is the woman responsible that her last name is Eckersley. So apparently this is a stepchild or kind of like child of a one of, or um, I think his first wife, Dennis Eckersley's first wife, Nellie. This is like their, either their stepkid or basically child. So apparently she's been living in a homeless shelter for something like over a year or so or something like for a while. And she's been dealing with a lot of mental health issues and stuff like that. It's the point where like Dan or Eckersley's and his, or his wife, Nellie have been trying to get her help and stuff like that. It, it just wasn't going well for her. And that's kind of how the situation was, but reading the article, reading some of these articles and stuff like that, it just really kind of makes you feel sad and stuff like that. And, and that kind of just kind of makes you think a little bit too, is that kind of the reason why he kind of left the booth this year because of the whole family issues and stuff like that. Maybe that and also having, having Jerry Remy die. Man, what a poor man. What a really poor man. Yeah. Man. What a rough year for the guy. And here's the thing, people, and this talk, talk about mental health. Try Try to get help. Please try to seek help. Try to get better and stuff like that. And like maybe talk to people. Just talk to people and see, tell them how you feel and stuff like that. Because this is how we get better from mental health. Just talk about it. 
stuff like that and like just try and try to tell people like how you feel and stuff like that because you, if you kind of keep that stuff inside in you and stuff like that it just gets worse it really does get worse yeah. yeah that really is sad just reading about that article and stuff like that it kind of does yeah kind of show how we really do have to do something about mental health stuff like that and try to get it in check So that's one of my final thoughts. And also, too, we, we forgot to mention this, too, on um, last week. So looks like, as I said, so um, Bogarts and uh, JD did do their, like, kind of, like, last kind of, like, uh, messages to the Red Sox before they end up, like, kind of, like, thank you and goodbye and stuff like that. We forgot to say something about that, too. Pretty much a downer. Yeah, like a downer of final thoughts. Man, sorry about that, everybody. <coughs> hmm. Okay, go. Use load. All right. Here we go. All right. All right. So this is a this is a Bogarts' post. They posted on Instagram. All right. Dear Red Sox Nation, thank you for an incredible ride and what a ride it was. It was an honor to wear the Red Sox uniform and play in front of the best and most knowledgeable fans in baseball. There were some highs and lows, but two World Series trophies during my time to celebrate with you all was absolutely incredible. Thank you to the Red Sox for taking a chance on a young kid from the island of Aruba. Thank you for thank you to all the coaches, athletic trainers, managers, front office folks who have who I, who I have crossed paths with over the course of 14 years. Every single one of you impacted my life in more ways than one. Helped me and helped me develop into the player I am today. And lastly to every player that I that took Every player that took the field with me in a Red Sox uniform, I say thank you. Thank you for being great teammates and friends. So many of you taught me what it, what it means to be a professional on the field and off the field. Thank you, Boston. Until we meet again. And then next time will probably be when we go visit San Diego in next season. Yeah. And that's going to, that's probably going to be a bad week for us. Huh? I'm not following him on Insta. Huh. Or at least our page is not following him on Insta. All right. Well, here we go. All right. Anyway. Okay. I'll say he's probably going to think like, who is this dude? I was about to say another red star. Yeah. Anyway, let's see what JD had to say. Because he said something too. When he, uh, that's probably, that's one, I just realized something too. We're probably not going to hear songs like X going to give it to you or hustling anymore. So yeah, which are Xander Bogarts and JD Martinez's walk-ups respectively. So that, yeah, that is the thing. That really is the thing. All right, hold on. That ain't it. That ain't the post. Here we are. All right. 
but he also had a video too so it wasn't like bogarts which is like a picture it was like a video but we won't play the video all right here it is red Sox nation you will always hold a special place in my heart you thank you for the memories boston we had a great run i mean it was pretty short in this one but it, it kind of did get to the point i mean seriously i mean i could see bogarts's um last post or like thank you post being longer because he was there the longest out of him or out of a or or apart from a JD, which he was here for only like five years, which still, I believe he was possibly one of the best, if not the best free agent signing we made in, I think, 10 years. I feel like he was because he was impactful. Like our offense, like before he showed up, before JD showed up, was possibly one like the worst in like MLB. And that was like the season after Ortiz left. Yeah, even though we made the postseason and stuff like that and like won the division, our offense was not that good in some games. And when JD showed up, I think we kind of turned it on offensively. I feel like he was the main reason for that offensive production increase. It will be kind of interesting too. I kind of am a little bit we shall see kind of deal now knowing the Raphael's Devers extension has been agreed upon and stuff like that. And it's looking like it's going to happen at this point. So, but still, it will be kind of interesting what an impact will be now that Sander and JD, especially JD, are gone. And may, and de- especially, I should say, Xander Bogarts, leadership-wise. Leadership-wise for Bogarts and hitting-wise for JD. It'll be interesting to kind of see that now. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of a downer for uh, final thoughts and stuff like that. I mean, seriously, yeah. I mean, we're talking about, um, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But anyway, still a great episode, too. I'm sorry it was a little long, too, but I feel like this is one of the best episodes we've had so far. So far. Really glorious news. This is really the happiest I've been in a while. Hearing the Devers extension go down on Wednesday like early evening and stuff like that and rejoicing, just rejoicing over the news and kind of feeling like, you know what? Maybe these 10 or 11 years, maybe not, might not be that bad for the Red Sox. Maybe we'll just wait and see. Maybe next year, I'm not sure what we'll see at this point. As I said, we can either be surprisingly good or mediocre or god-awful. We don't know yet. But kind of seeing how this team's kind of meshing, like it kind of has that feel of 2013 in a way. You got these clubhouse guys. You got guys like Kike. You got guys like um, Alex Verdugo and stuff like that. And personalities like um, Yoshida, like kind of knowing like he's kind of like, and Kenley Jansen and stuff like that. And yeah. And Josh or Justin Turner. I mean, I've heard he's kind of the clubhouse guy too. And, now seeing that Kike is really happy that he's now teaming up again with his former Dodger teammate too. I mean, that could kind of be kind of a, yeah. But I will say one thing about Devers too. I wonder if he's going to step up and maybe, maybe be the clubhouse leader. Maybe. I don't know. I think at this time, I mean, we'll just kind of see. Yeah, I Maybe I could see him eventually stepping up to that role eventually because it kind of did take someone like Xander maybe time to like, actually take that leadership 
um, status as the clubhouse leader and stuff like that. And kind of like, yeah. So let's just give him some time. I mean, he, he has 11 years to kind of do that. Glorious news. Just glorious news. All right. Let's call it a night. Man, 127. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for giving them the opportunity to share and keep doing what I love. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple iTunes. Give us a five-star review, Vitan. Uh, or did I say it? Oh. Reiterate. All right. Subscribe, rate, and review on Spotify and give us a five-star review. We can't do that. All right. Follow the show on Twitter at red underscore charter. And then follow the show on TikTok at um, Sox, lowercase Sox, Illinois. And then follow the show on Instagram, also at lowercase Sox, Illinois. Like the show on Facebook, the Red Sox Nation, the Illinois Charter. And then follow the show on Spotify because that's the only platform we're on. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened on Apple or Google. I don't know either. All right. With that being said, I believe that will about do it. All right. Maybe see you next week. If we have any Red Sox news, maybe we might do a little bit of a special episode next week. Because we I feel like we gotta still do like um stuff like um the Hall of Fame ballot and tracking and stuff like that. So maybe we'll do try to find something to do. Yeah. I don't want to do something like last year too during the lockout too, where we just basically just Tip like a random episode where we just named like the decade Red Sox teams. Yeah, we just went through the um baseball reference page and basically just read off like yeah, the stats and stuff like that from certain years in Red Sox history. All right, we'll find something to do. All right, see you guys next week. Maybe, Banyana. <laughs>